So as a congregation here at Faith, we're starting to make our way through the book of John. And tonight we're going to stop for just a little bit at two verses in John 1, verse 14 and 17. And it's especially to talk about the idea of grace and truth there, that as I've been studying this book, and especially the first chapter, really like jumped out at me. So I'm, I'm excited about, about this. Let's read God's holy and infallible word. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, in these two verses, we got the words grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. It's an interesting pair that John gives us. And and like a lot of things in Scripture, you can kind of read it and move on. But sort of reading these words and thinking about them, meditating them on a bit, It's interesting because these are seemingly contradictory things. Grace and truth don't seem to belong together. Think of our society. Grace and truth seem to be polar opposites. You think of the issue of illegal immigrants and illegal immigration. You've got on the one side those who say, We should be gracious and loving and accepting. If they're here, we should welcome them. They should have access to good health care like everyone else. In fact, if they're here already, why not just grant them citizenship? Then you've got another poll that says, but no, laws were broken. People must pay the price of that. My forefathers came to this country illegally. They didn't. It's not right. There must be justice. And you think more about society as we look on it. There are those who are much more lenient on different sorts of lifestyles and religions and belief and say, let's just all get along. We've got to be accepting of one another. And then on the other poll, you've got those who say, no, there is a wrong way and a right way to live, and we must affirm that. We must stand on the truths and principles upon which our country was founded. I think you've got that same potential for tension between grace and truth in churches today. Yet some churches that emphasize, come as you are, we love you no matter what. Yeah, we're a hugging type of church. You will be accepted and loved. And then you've got churches who seem to be more Bible-thumping. God's word is truth. Take it or leave it. And you preach the truth. That's what church is about. In fact, that's about all you need, some solid doctrine, what's right and wrong. That's what we got to stand on and proclaim. And the one type of church that emphasizes grace can tend to let the truth slip. And the type of church that emphasizes the truth can be ungracious towards people. Without going into examples now, I think it's a struggle in our personal lives, too, between grace and truth, between our principles and love, between firm standards and gracious acceptance. As we've seen already in John, 
when he says Jesus is the word, the logos, that's right at the beginning of John, John gets pretty deep. He goes philosophical. And in these two ideas, grace and truth, I think this gospel writer captures actually a deep, deep tension that undergirds much of mankind's philosophizing over the centuries and the millennia. He's on to something that causes tension in society that can pull people apart in their worldviews. There appears to be an opposition between grace and truth. One of the reasons I know this is actually an issue, I'm not just making this up, my first question in my oral exam to be a candidate in the CRC, an oral exam is one that's not written, right? So you got like four professors and they're asking you questions and you have to give them, it's kind of intense. So the very first question I got is, what is greater, truth or love? Like, What kind of question is that, huh? And the right answer that I stumbled upon as I went on is that one is not greater than the other. They are not opposed to one another. Truth or doctrine or principles and grace or love and mercy, they've got to be together. John is telling us that though these may be two tensions of society, of philosophy, he says they are resolved in someone. Right? We read the Word became flesh. That's the incarnation, Christmas, Jesus coming. And he came full of grace and truth. Grace and truth come through Jesus. They come together in him and especially in his sacrifice, what we call the atonement, where we find that God's mercy and justice, that tension, it's resolved. We read in the Heidelberg Catechism that a real, true faith, a biblical faith, it's a knowledge and conviction, it's truth, And it's what? A deep-rooted assurance. It's grace and love and acceptance. A good society, I'm quite convinced, will know and stand on truth and be gracious and full of love and seek to keep those two in balance. And I would suggest that if you look throughout history, societies that have gotten off track have emphasized one of those two at the expense of the other. A God-honoring church will stand on the principles of God's word and not be afraid to speak them out, and it will be loving and accepting and gracious of people. It will have elders and deacons and other leaders who meet people with both. The church doesn't turn its nose at truth and doctrine as if those things are for a bygone era and say it's only about grace and love and acceptance. That's not a Christian faith. Also, the church doesn't look down on grace and love as if those are just mushy things that aren't necessary for a church that stands on biblical principles. That's not a Christian faith either. 
You can't let go of either one or you've lost what you need. Actually, you've lost Jesus Christ in a sense because he embodies both and he empowers us in both. Faith CRC's search committee is bringing before our council, and the congregation's aware of this, someone for our open position uh, for the minister of congregational life. And something that's been noticed about him is that this individual is a good preacher. He likes to dig into God's word. He's excited about the truth of God's word. And he loves others. He's full of grace in his conversation. He's compassionate towards people. He's an excellent person on visits with people, whether they're older members or sick. At least that's what we've noticed in our conversations with them. And that's why we want to talk with them more. Grace and truth. Keeping both of these seeming opposites, keeping both rather than only one or the other, it's key to having a God-honoring society, a God-honoring church, a God-honoring pastor. And I really believe it is key for each one of us in our lives. We must live by the truth, people of God. We must stand on the truth. We must teach the truth to the next generation. And we find that truth in the word of God. We want to delve into that word or listen to others delve into it for us and share what we've learned. We enjoy sermons that help us treasure that truth so we can embrace the truth more. And while we live as principled people on the truth, we are full of grace also, accepting of others, embracing others. We apply God's word to our lives. We believe that God's word, when it's faithfully brought, transforms lives and makes people people of grace. We have ministries for those in need. We welcome all who come to worship here with open arms. We care for the sick and the lonely and the hurting. And it's all because we're full of grace too. This is what we are striving to be as a people of faith. This is what we want to equip people to grow in in their day-to-day lives. This is what the church is called to be all about. Breakdowns in society, breakdowns in relationships, whether it's marriages or friendships or whatever, I really would suggest happens when there's a letting go of one or the other of these. A letting go or a minimizing of either grace or truth. How can we prevent that from happening? How can we be a people full of grace and truth? The key is not just trying as hard as we can, though there's effort involved in our living the Christian life. It's not just self-help books or works on philosophy or social science, though we can learn from other people, even unbelievers, by God's grace about society and and our world and other people. The real key is the person of Jesus Christ. The one John reveals to us here. The one who came full of grace and truth. 
the one who brings together God's truth and grace through his one sacrifice on the cross for our sins, for your sins, and through his resurrection, which bought our redemption. The one that we are all about lifting up in our lives and who we are lifting up in praise in our special time of worship tonight. Look to him. Know him. Cherish him. And you will have the solution to a mystery of the ages. You'll have the key to life as God designed it to be. And you and your household will thrive. And as a community of believers, we'll have something to share with a world that is lost, that's running from one extreme to the next. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. May we be people of grace and truth also. Amen.